going on guys welcome to another episode of the mask and health solutions podcast where today we got the pleasure of talking to none other than dr anthony balduzzi the founder and ceo of the fit father project and the fit mother project but first and foremost let me you know just tell you guys about how the website is finally back online so thank god for that because it was stressing me out for a bit and the main reason why you know the website is so important is because a lot of the questions that you guys send me <clears throat> I usually redirect you guys to the site and say, hey, you know, you can check out <clears throat> you can check out what I wrote about in regards to, you know, getting the proper cylinder or, you know, which equipment do I recommend and stuff like that. All that information is available on the website. Hence the reason why I was like, man, I hope it's back and thank God that it is. So again, if you guys got any questions, or you're looking for resources and stuff, be sure to check out the website and don't hesitate to ask me. Um, just send me an, a DM on Instagram. You know, it's really cool to see the different demographic of people that you know, listen to the show because I, I never would have really suspected it. And um, I love getting these messages, right? Because this is, it's, it's a passion project, right? As you guys know, you know, I started, in regards to PE, I started this more than anything because I wanted to share the knowledge that I had acquired. Do I consider myself an expert? No. <laughs> I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but I just want to share the fact that A, it works. And B, there's different ways to really get to your goals. And I just want to share my story in regards to how I got, how I made the gains that I did, how I continue learning, how I think it's a never ending kind of hobby, right? Because obviously you can reach the goals that you want, but then afterwards comes the maintenance side of things. And I'm blessed in that, I, you know, I made it pretty close to my goals. I'm still, you know, like I told you guys before, I'm like an inch away. <laughs> I'm looking to make those length gains. And yes, I have started hanging. Um, and again, the phanger.de, that's my dude Rob who was on the show, you know, love his product, you know, I rock with it every day. Total Man Shop, also click the links, you know, in the description, that's where, you know, I get all the stuff in regards to the extenders and the infrared light and the sleeves, you know, for all that passive healing and stuff. So again, there's different ways and there's a whole bunch of different methods. Do I claim to be the absolute expert? Absolutely not, because I view it in the same vein as bodybuilding. There's a lot of different ways that you can make the gains that you're looking for. You know, just because it works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody in the same way, right? So just keep that in mind. Website is up. And if you guys are looking to get in the best shape possible, right? Looking to burn that fat, looking to recomp, get that muscle back that you may have lost when you were younger, get at me, you know, send me a DM. That is what I do. That is what I am certified in. And that's what, you know, I'm not going to consider myself an expert because I think you should always be a student of the game. But that is really where my strengths really lie. And obviously, you know, you want to you wanna make the PE gains, but you want to make sure you got the aesthetic look to go with it. So that being said, if you do want to learn more about getting to the best shape of your life, just book a call with me and then we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it and be sure to DM me any of the questions that you got. All right. But jumping into today's episode with Dr. Tony Balduzzi. Man, it was fire. Like, honestly, he talked about PE, talked about circulation. You know, it, it was really cool to see that he was able to incorporate so many different aspects of masculine development and how they tie into what really living a full masculine life really looks like. Man, we even touched on spirituality and just the development of self, right? <clears throat> and how edging, right? How edging can almost be a meditative practice. And I told him about my experience. We shared that. And it was honestly, it was a beautiful conversation. It was 
a lot that I took in from this conversation that I can apply. And, you know, I had a, like I said before, you know, I get high on my own supply. <laughs> I listen to episodes over and over again because there's a, I enjoy having these conversations with these guys that are so well-versed and so intelligent. And Dr. Tony Balduzzi, man, this guy, man, he's a super, super intelligent dude. And I just love the conversation I had, and I truly hope that you guys will enjoy it too. I mean, he's worked with so many people, right? And and he's helped them overcome illnesses, lose fat, develop the habits they need to get into the best shape possible. You know, he's one of these, he's one of these, like, his mindset, his approach is, like, it's perfectly aligned in, in what I see in the future. He's a licensed naturopath, and he's a doctor in Arizona, but he makes sure that he applies all the knowledge that he has into like this vast array of getting people into the best shape possible but you know really exploring the different nuances of mindset and using so many tools under his belt like i'm truly impressed by this man i hope that you guys are too and from the bottom of my heart you know i just want to say thank you to dr tony and let's jump into this episode all right enough of my yapping let's jump on in Before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020. And get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right? And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is TotalManShop.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where I'm joined by Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. He's going to tell us a little bit more about health and focus i mean i think one of the focal points today is going to be men over 40 is that right yeah that's right all right excellent because there's a lot of you guys that listen to the show and um i know a lot of you guys are over 40 and for the guys that are younger this all these concepts are still going to apply to you know making your life better so first and foremost dr balduzzi how are you today sir i'm doing well really enjoying my life i have meaningful work got a good family care so much about what i'm about to share today so life is good Oh, dude. And I'm psyched to have you here. And like I said, you are doing God's work because I think this obesity epidemic has really, uh, I don't know, man, it's gone off the rails. And I know North America as a whole, whether it's the United States or Canada, it seems like it's a struggle that we're finding everywhere and it's really affecting men. So the first thing I kind of want to ask you in regards to that was like, what kind of turned you on to, hey, you know what, let's start a Fit Father project to get dads in shape. What was it that really um, spurred that for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of got into this a little bit through some personal tragedy is growing up. I had a, a childhood, like most kids, like love getting outside, playing with my little brother, riding my bike. I was born in New York and I actually grew up in Toronto, Canada. I, we oh, kind of nice. split time between there and Canada. So I've been on both sides of the North American border there. Um, what was interesting though, is in the process of just kind of like my childhood, I watched my dad lose his health. He basically worked himself to the bone and he ended up getting a cancer diagnosis and he died when he was 42 years old. Jeez. And so I was nine years old when, when I saw my dad die. And as you can imagine, it just totally rocked my world. Right. I mean, yeah. my dad, this guy I looked up to, I saw him like literally deteriorate before my eyes and it, it put an impression on my young mind in such a strong way that like, I realized that 
health is so foundational. Like we can all get busy. We can focus on our work and providing all this stuff. But like when we lose our health, we lose everything we love, our energy, our ability to provide. And I saw that happen to my dad and I kind of made a promise that I wasn't going to let that happen to me. So I got interested in fitness from a young age. I got my first pair of dumbbells that my mom gave me right around my 10th birthday. And I started to train. And in the process of training and like building myself up, it was also like spiritual healing. Like I learned too, that when I invested in my training and I started to eat healthier, I started to feel better. I wasn't as sad. And then over time, I started to feel like actually strong and motivated. And people started to ask me how to, how I could help them improve. And that got me into fitness, I'd say in, in a period of about a decade of competitive bodybuilding, personal training, and doing all things to like build myself up. And then when I eventually went to naturopathic medical school, I saw so many people like just like my dad who were putting their health on the back burner because of life. And they didn't always have cancer diagnoses. Maybe it was like heart issues, diabetes, prediabetes type stuff. But the story is always the same. They weren't able to maintain a health routine amidst the busyness of life. So I decided to start the Fit Father Project to teach people what I learned, a combination of the medical training with the bodybuilding stuff and how to make it sustainable for dads who, you know, want to be able to do all these things and be around for a long time. Oh, man, that's why I love it. Because I could only imagine how that affected you when you were nine years old, man. Like I could not imagine that, you know, and, and and for myself, like my father, I love my dad, you know, but he still drinks like two liters of pop every day. You know? right. And um, he doesn't, you know, I'll talk to him about health and whatever, but his version of uh, working out, I guess his saving grace was that he walked a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that he kind of got was his steps in. But yeah. I find that now we become even more sedentary. So it's super difficult. But just walk me through the process of what you do to really get or what what would be the first thing that you could say, hey, you know what, the one thing you could do to kind of change your life right now as a dude, you can walk around like what what is the one thing that's fundamental to just getting people back on track? Well, I think I think it's it's a couple things. One, we need to work on the deep motivation and psychology and connection to our health routines, like which which is foundational because we all know things that we should do and there shoulds like we should walk more. We should lift weights a few times a week. We should eat healthier, should get to bed. But like our connection to that, this motivational connection is, is, is our why. And we need to like create that fabric of connection. So inside of our program, before we give people the meal plans or the workouts and stuff like that, we walk them through a very deep reflection and journaling process that culminates in creating a mission statement where we help guys get very clear consciously on how their health affects all of the areas of their life that they love. Like how are your current behaviors with your health affecting your ability to be a good parent, to make money at your job, to do X, Y, Z, to have, to have, have good connection with God and your spirituality. We're helping people see that health is not a separate bucket that you might get to. We literally are embodied. This life experience is humans. We have these bodies and the quality of our bodies ultimately affects all the things that we do. So we help collapse that distinction for people and get really motivated. So people end up having a mission statement. That's something like, you know, I'm now committed to living healthier for the next 30 days, because I know this is essential for me to be the best version of myself, to be be the best dad, to feel connected in my integrity to the life that I want to live, to be able to show up and make more money and to be around to see my grandkids grow up. And I know that the cost of this is I'm going to need to work out a few times per week, shop for healthier foods and get to bed earlier and drink more water. And it's worth it because these deep values are so connected. So we're getting health out of this bucket in people's minds where it's like, I might get to it, or it's something separate from life. And we're starting to connect to the motivation. Now, from there, the truth is like you and I, we wake up every single day, CJ, and like we have a fresh day and the routine that we execute that day 
is the building block of our life when it comes to our health. Like health is not just about like, you don't like, you don't just stop, you know, it says you don't win health. You got to show up every day and like put in the work and, and do this. So we help guys nail their daily routine. And this comes down to like what you do in the morning, how you schedule your meals, the foods you eat and sprinkling in exercise. So we help them develop like the sustainable routine that works for most dads. Excellent. Excellent. And you're hundred percent right. Cause it was funny. I was talking to this concept uh, to my wife yesterday and, and she's just kind of like, yo, you know, a bodybuilding competition is mm -hmm. the same as anything else in life. It just kind of yeah. comes down to what are you doing and what does that really look like when you break it down, you know, from the macro to the micro and yeah. you start to examine things. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, that's where I'm losing so much time. I'm just sitting on the couch and doing nothing, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like where I'm sitting down or I'm scrolling on social media when I could be doing something else that's more beneficial. Right. Yeah. And it's those little nuances that you, I guess you got to pick apart for your clients, right? Where you're just like, Hey, you know what, this right here could be a time that you can get up to just kind of walk around sure. or take advantage of it and just do something on the couch while you're there with your kids. Right. For sure. Yeah. You can weave it into the schedule that you already have. And also the concept of momentum is so important. Like, you know, this from the fitness competitions and just the life that you live, like when you're doing good behaviors and you're on track, like that momentum begets more positive momentum. Like it's yeah. easier when you're on track to like go up and show up. So we really help guys like win the morning and, and every morning, like start off on the right track that helps them have a lot more sustainable momentum throughout the day. So what that looks like is uh, when guys wake up in the morning following the fit father lifestyle is they wake up and they rehydrate 20 to 32 ounces of water within 15 to 20 minutes of waking up, or if not immediately, ideally add some minerals in there in this simple act. It's not just good physiologically because we need the water for the energy and the metabolic processes, but it's like a behavioral hook every day. That's saying, boom, it's a new day. I'm putting good stuff in my body. That's helping me like feel good. And, and it's going to make it more likely that I do good things later. We help guys standardize their first meal of the day. So whether you have breakfast with your family, sometimes between six and eight, eight, eight AM, or if you're intermittent fasting, doesn't matter. Whatever your first meal is, you standardize that thing and you have pretty much the same thing Monday through Friday and maybe through the weekends. And this is key because when it comes to nutrition, you want to balance consistency with variety. You know, you've done yeah. a bodybuilding oh, contest yeah. prep. So like, you know, you need to be consistent, but at the same time, eventually you're <laughs> like, I want to have something a little different, yeah. but breakfast and meal one is not the time to have variety. It's to be yeah. consistent. It's just automatic. Give you something that gives you energy that you enjoy and doesn't take a lot of time. So for many guys, it's protein shakes, it's eggs and fruit, it's overnight yeah. oatmeal, but you find your go-to meal and you have that basically every single day. You don't need to think about it because if we're eating like two, three meals a day, let's just say three meals a day for the average person. And in one of those things is standardized. You just took like a third of your decisions out of the thing. And now you're getting good stuff in your body with the water and you're off to a great start. And we've all had the exact opposite experience where you wake up, you're on the back foot of the day, you have a shitty breakfast, and then yeah. you end up eating bad food later, or you skip the workout and you feel like junk where we need to really have this good behavioral hook in the morning and, and a standardized breakfast is good. And I like to actually asks all the, all the health hosts that I go on podcasts with for UCJ, like, what is your go-to breakfast? Cause I'm sure you have oh, like dude. one dialed in. What's your go-to breakfast? <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned that like immediately, I just saw my boring breakfast that I have every single morning. Well, first meal of the day, actually, but it, it's the same one. And I don't think I'll ever change it just cause it's my go-to yeah. It's 12 ounces of egg whites. Yep. Uh, two eggs. Yep. Um, a bunch of tomato spinach if i got it and maybe like three slices of cooked ham boom every single yeah and a low carb yeah. high protein 
You get your, you get your proteins, you get your healthy fats, keeps you full. Doesn't take that long. No. And like, that's awesome. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's boring, but you say boring almost like with a little bit of like happiness because it's like, you're, you're joking, but it's like, you look forward to it. Oh, I consistent. do, man. You know what? You just sprinkle a little bit of Himalayan sea salt on yeah. it. You know, it tastes like a million bucks. But the thing is to your point and why I think it's so crucial that, you know, people can take this concept away from this podcast. It's like, bro, as soon as you set down these foundational like building blocks, all of a sudden the rest of the day is good. Yes. And I think because for myself, when you mentioned how you screw up that first meal, dude, man, that happened to me where I, my wife has these oatmeal, oatmeal, almond, crisp, some bullshit garbage yeah. like, cereal. And I tried some. It was delicious. I had like I had a bowl and a half and I know, uh -huh. all about, you know, calculating your macros. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, dude, I just had 600 calories of trash. Yeah. So later on, my kids are like, you want pizza? I'm like, yeah, we'll have pizza. Exactly. Because <laughs> psychologically, we now get into that mindset where like a lot of us guys operate in this all or nothing mindset where yeah. it's like, oh, it's like I blew the day. So then you just go eat BS. And then the next day you kind of pay for that because you don't feel as good and as sharp. Yeah. And now you have negative momentum. And so you got to shift that. We're always shifting this ball. So standardized breakfast. Super key. I'm a big believer in keeping breakfast lower carb. That doesn't mean it needs to be low carb, but yours is a low, very low carb breakfast yeah. with high protein. That's awesome. The shakes and the smoothies. So if let's say you got some kind of protein powder you like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some almond milk, you can throw some chia seeds, hemp seeds, maybe a little spinach in there, maybe some berries if you want, whatever, like blend that sucker up. It can taste delicious. You can take it on the go, have it right there. Very easy, easy to digest too. Eggs are relatively easy to digest. Yeah. Smoothies and shakes, easy to digest. That's different than high, hard to digest foods which make you feel sluggish in the morning. You don't want that. So standardize that first meal. And then the other concept is, is like, get the idea of snacking out of your life. Like mm -hmm. in between meals, like, don't, you don't stop snacking. It's BS. It gets your blood sugar dysregulated, like have a discreet meal. Then you go do your business, whatever you're doing, and then have another meal later. So maybe that meal is like, we'll talk about a classic breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner framework, which works for a lot of guys. So maybe lunch comes around noon one. And so for lunch, again, we also, I also am a big believer in standardizing. It doesn't have to be as rigorous as breakfast, but the things that work best for guys is either one leftovers from dinner the night before. So overcooking. So you have something there is solid oh. Two, a salad with protein on top of it, which you can get anywhere. So protein, whatever kind of protein you like on greens, you can do it really easily. Or three, a healthy sandwich recipe works for guys. As long as you're getting like a high quality organic sprouted bread. And if bread agrees with you, cool, go for that. Like we've had guys lose hundreds of thousands of pounds on our program eating bread. So it's possible, but like have a really simple kind of dialed in lunch too. And now you have like two out of your three meals, like nailed. And so yeah. now you have a lot of momentum going into dinner. Yeah. And you're hundred percent right. Cause it's kind of like, again, it's following that simple process of, okay, I'm making sure that I'm prepped for the day. And I, I, people don't like the idea of meal prep itself. Like even certain clients that I have, but I'm like, it's not necessarily that you got to meal prep it, you know, like a hundred percent, you know, where right. you're measuring out every calorie like I do. But I'm just saying like, have something, like you said, you can go to the grocery store, pick up a salad. You can yep. get something that's light as long as you yep. know what's in it too. And you can kind of calculate yes. it. You can always ballpark it. If you're not yes. off by like 400 calories, because a lot of people talk about intuitive eating and it kind of pisses me off because I'm like, yeah. bro, you're off by 40% and you think you know <laughs> what you're eating. I'm like, no, that's not what you're eating, dog. And it's like, and I'll talk to him and be like, you overconsume by like a thousand calories, but you're like, yeah. you like two bags of chips, man. I'm like, yeah, I know it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I hundred percent agree with you in that it's 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 that easy and it's that simple. It's yeah. just kind of difficult to adhere to. 
Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think it's like, if you, if you even commit from this conversation to the idea that you standardize your first couple meals of the day and you know, generally what your go-tos are. And like, if you want to get really dialed in and you know that you have 12 egg whites, two whole eggs and this, like you have your macros, you don't have to think about it. Like they're completely dialed in. If you get a sandwich or a salad, you know, it's going to be roughly around 500 calories or whatever, because there's no way to kind of make it more if you're choosing healthy ingredients, you're dialed mm -hmm. in. Now for dinner, you can have more variety. It doesn't need to be necessarily like completely macro counted. Like what we teach people is a framework of building what we call like a perfect plate. So if you imagine like a blank plate of food and you fill a quarter of that plate with some kind of protein you love, any kind of protein chicken, steak, salmon, whatever, turkey, you know, whatever. And then a quarter of that plate with some kind of carb that you love. Now you can go low carb if you want, but like, we also are a believer that like, you don't have to restrict carbohydrates to still like be successful. So a quarter of that place could be rice. It could be sweet potato. It could be quinoa, it could be squash, could be some kind of other vegetable medley. And then the half of that plate was some kind of fibrous vegetable that you love. So it could be broccoli, asparagus, some kind of saute, big, big, just grab a glob of salad, put it on the plate with some yeah. olive oil based dressing, really simple stuff. But if you make a perfect plate, half veggie, quarter carb, quarter protein, all of these plates are almost always 500 to 700 calories. Yeah. As long as you're not throwing a bunch of like crazy sauces and stuff on top of it, like they're almost always in that range and you can have a lot of variety and then like you can mix it up for your family, but still like adhere to a concept. And if you do that, pretty consistently, you're going to see body composition changes, period. hundred percent. And that's where it, it just becomes a simple lifestyle choice where you can eyeball it and you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be close to it. It's like, it's a lean cut of steak, yes. sweet potato and a bunch of spinach, you know, yep. for the most part that usually works. And it's kind of like, it, you're right. It's hard to deviate away from like 700 calories tops. Yeah, Unless you have like a cut of goat or something. <laughs> exactly right. And, and, and like, but what you're also talking about, and you've been doing this for so long is, you know, the language of nutrition and macros intuitively, like yeah. I could probably put three plates of food in front of you and you can probably within a couple hundred calories and not a hundred calories, tell me, oh, that's probably about 45 grams of carbs, 50 grams of protein and this on the fats. Yeah. <laughs> and like, just cause you've been doing it for some time, but this is a language in a literacy, just like you might learn a foreign language that you learn over time as you do this. And then you get, you get a lot of freedom because you can go to a restaurant and you could be like, that's what I should order. Or that's roughly what will fit my, my game plan. And then you're free. You're free yeah. because you have a baseline of knowledge and that requires you just getting consistent. And then when it comes to shopping, like just don't buy the crap. And that's like, you don't buy the snack foods that are doing there. Where, like, if you know where you typically slip up for most people, it's like late night eating it's chips or sweets or stuff after dinner, like get yourself a healthy slotted in dinner, or like dessert option. So like we got these like low sugar coconut ice cream bars or a bit of dark oh, yeah. chocolate, or, you know, maybe a frozen banana with some stuff on it, like whatever, but like get yourself a healthy option. So you're not feeling like totally deprived. Cause if you tell yourself, I'm never going to have dessert ever again, I'm on a fitness <laughs> plan, like 0% chance that's working. But if you slot in better, healthier and slot options, and then you follow this kind of framework, you're going to be so successful with nutrition. And the fact is, if there's a guy listening to this now, who's younger in teens, twenties or thirties, like the habits that you build now yes. are going to show up as your health in your forties, fifties and sixties. Cause the biggest thing is like, you lose your margin for errors. You get older, your metabolism changes, joints aren't working quite as well as they used to. So if you start good habits now, you're not going to have to unwind all this BS in a decade and it's harder. It only gets harder. So if you can start now, you're going to be in a great spot.
And it's interesting you mentioned that. I was just in a, listening to a podcast about neuroplasticity and how, you yeah. know, by the time after 25, I mean, those neurons are basically, you know, they're wired together. And now yeah. you got to go in there and disassemble that and go against right? all these habits that you created. And even for myself, like, I had to go in there and I'm like, okay, you know what? I can't be getting up at 12 at night to eat, you know, or like yeah. two in the morning or whatever. Because yeah. I love, I love snacking at night, man. Like, yeah. And that was my go-to thing where, you know, I felt maybe I just like that insulin spike before going to sleep, which is awful. But yeah, I love that. And these are bad habits that I developed when I was a kid, right? Because all mm -hmm. that time that, you know, when I was younger from like, like, I don't know, from 10 to 25, you know, that whole time, right? When the brains, you know, starting to wire together, I was just yeah. like, you know, what, let's create some bad habits and follow them. And now you got to yep. go in there. And for two years, you know, it was a lot of tension because I had to rip all those old habits. Yes. Apart, right? And, and, and that's why I was telling you when we, when you asked like, what's the process of the program. And I said, the first thing that we need to do is like create that mission statement, psychological framework. That is the very process of starting to create new neuro associations and like break old ones. You have to kind of both get into the dojo and like work to create new habits, but yeah. also to like go in and create different emotions and connections to like why your behaviors are not serving you. What are the good ones? And like, that's deep psychological work that you don't necessarily have to do if you can get things right a little bit earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll say too, is like people who are listening to this particular podcast are, are interested in male optimization. That means yeah. like physically, it means with the penis and the blood flow, like yeah. all this stuff ties completely together. Like the diet you eat, the training you do, is, is your circulatory health. Did you know that like all these overweight guys in their forties, fifties, and sixties, like almost all of them at some point are going to get erectile dysfunction because, oh, yeah. because like if you have cardiovascular disease and heart disease, guess what? Like you're having issues downstairs because yep. the blood flow is not working properly. You're not having as much nitric oxide and, and good diet and good training can like completely go with all of this. Like people who eat healthy diets and train and do PE exercises, they have the full sweet plan to get the best results possible. So it's all one game, whatever your goals are, it all comes back to eating good nutrition and bad nutrition, sugars, processed foods, fried foods, trans fats, all this stuff is literally wreaking havoc on your circulatory system, which is influencing your PE gains. So if you just ate like 25% healthier on top of the, whatever routine you're currently doing, you're going to get better gains downstairs. It's just how it works. A hundred percent, man. I mean, I can attest to that too from like when I was I was fat at one point. I got up to 268 because I yeah. told myself I was bulking. For sure. <laughs> and at that time, you know, it's kind of like my erections were lackluster at best. Yeah. And it was just you don't feel like yourself. You don't feel fully optimized. You don't feel healthy. You know, and obviously when you get down a healthy weight, you know, and your hormonal profile is okay, you feel completely different, which is why one of yeah. the things that I think is probably one of the most misrepresented factors in PE is just your overall health. You got a lot of yeah. guys that are overweight that are like, Hey, I want to make gains and I want to make my dick bigger, but it's kind of like, bro, like you're not even in good shape right now. Yes. Your circulatory system is shot. You know, yep. your arteries are all clogged up. Yes. You know, these things are all playing are all contributing factors to like, whether you'll actually make gains there or For not, sure. I think, you know? <laughs> oh, it is. So if your blood is, is constantly full of sugar, insulin, and fat from just eating too much and having not good metabolism, like that thick of blood is not going to get into those end capillaries as much as it could is if you had a really good circulatory system. Also a good argument for having omega-3s in your diet, getting fish mm -hmm. or good fish oil sources too, help get that blood nice and thin so you can get good oxygen exchange and good blood flow downstairs is going to be so, so helpful. And then like we're talking about hormones. 
So optimizing hormones and testosterone obviously is a big part of like male vitality and training high intensity strength training a few times per week doesn't need to be daily, but like literally, if you want to do like minimum effective dose, you can even do like full body training twice per week and make insane gains. Now there's yeah. benefit to like training more often and like getting into the gym for psychological benefits and, and just constant exercise. That's good. But like high intensity exercise, just a couple times a week is enough paired with daily walking, good circadian rhythm and sleep, which I want to talk about next yeah. and then the good nutrition. So when it comes to testosterone, it's so like multifactorial, right? Like it's getting the right substrates nutritionally, good stimulus for strength training. But I think one of the biggest things is making sure that you have a proper circadian rhythm. And what we found is like testosterone and cortisol are kind of like on a seesaw. And I know you experience this during your bodybuilding prep. When you get lean, especially yeah. if you're a natural doing a natural prep and you're not taking external testosterone, yeah. you get lean and your body's in a stress state from all the exercise and the low calories, cortisol levels start to creep up. When cortisol is high, it squashes testosterone. Yeah. And so like the way to actually control cortisol is to make sure that you have really good sleeping habits, which means obviously having a good bedtime routine, being right about getting to bed on a reasonable time. But it also means like making sure that you're blocking blue light and wearing blue light blocking glasses or getting night shift mode on your phone. Like it's just straight physiology. Like we're not meant to be blasted with all this artificial light. And guess who is the violates this most young dudes, 20 yeah. to 30 scrolling on Instagram before bed on the, on YouTube before bed, like looking at your computer or your TV and stuff like that, that is literally crushing your melatonin levels, which ends up impacting your testosterone. And then you just got to rely on stimulants the next day to like, feel like you can function. And now you're just on this like rabbit wheel or this hamster wheel of like not feeling right. So got to take light seriously. So the blue light, cut that out at night. And then this is another thing that I'm now doing very seriously. I don't know if everyone has the option to do this, but get sunshine on your whole body, including your testicles, if possible in the yeah. morning. And this is just facts. Like we are meant to be connected to the sun and we get that full sunshine, especially in the morning on the testes, it raises testosterone levels. Like we get better vitamin D levels, which is correlated with testosterone. Uh, and the light in our eyes actually produces serotonin that makes us feel good and later gets converted to melatonin. So sunshine is key getting synced up with the light cycles for testosterone male optimization. The guys that get really primal who go outside, sunbathe naked, swing their maces, like and eat their like <laughs> organ meats. I know it's like really intense, oh, but the like, liver king. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like, but there's truth in that approach. There's a lot of lies in BS too, but the whole idea of yeah. light and circadian rhythm is essential. No, a hundred percent. And that's kind of where the whole ancestral eating and just kind of taking over all that kind of stuff totally makes sense. Um, yeah. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, and the ancestral eating in that I think makes a hundred percent sense. And the one of the, one of the factors in that too was the sunlight, mm -hmm. and just the fact that you know we've all deviated so far from that with yes. the artificial light that we got, right? And the reason why I looked into it more than anything was because of the testosterone factor that you were talking about earlier. Right. And that's kind of yo, if you're all off in every aspect of your life, it's like you're staying up late, you're eating pizza, you're watching TV and scrolling on your phone at the same time that's going to have some pretty detrimental effects on your body. <laughs> 100%. And like, let's be honest, like this is like some guy talk now. When do you typically at the end of a busy day, that's where you make your worst decisions like late at night when you start to have cravings for bad food or oh, yeah. if you're doing PE exercises and maybe that turns into watching porn or doing something like this at night, which messes with your neurochemistry for the next day. Like yeah. a lot of that stuff at night is just going to carry on to your next day. And imagine on the flip side, 
if you're way more dedicated on your, on your routine, you understand the impacts of this whole lifestyle. You're getting to bed earlier, doing your PE exercises, whenever you're doing them, strength training, getting good on the light. Like you're going to feel like just a badass. You're going to feel like full of life. And we also know like the vitamin D thing is important. Like when yeah. men raise their vitamin D three levels, like their testosterone levels do go up. Immune system goes up. And when men have a lot of stress and they don't get the right kind of sunshine, vitamin D, they get sick, they feel weak. And if guys are out there trying to get women too, the whole aspect of pheromones, which the fact that when our body's in good vitality and we're like strong and, and vital, we're kicking off these scents that other mammals, the females that we're looking at, like are picking up on him. Like they'll like subconsciously know, oh shit, that's a vital dude. Yeah. Like he's got it going on. And that's not game. That's just like physiological game. It's not like you're saying some cool lines or you have whatever confidence. It's just, it oozes from you, like chemically speaking, because you're on the right kind of routines. And yeah. that's, that's cool. No. And it's kind of, it's funny too, that you mentioned that. Cause I had learned about semen retention from somebody else as well. I was talking about that energy that you carry inside of your body. They were talking about how like a lot of dudes, what's happening now is that they're addicted to porn. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're jerking off constantly and they're letting go of their seed, letting go of their, like that yep. life energy they have within yep. them the females can pick it up you know yep. it's kind of like your hormonal profile is different yep. you kind of appear to be weaker and that's just kind of where it's like hey you know what you're not a good mate for me you're not a good compatible yep. mate versus the guy who's strong he's in charge he's working out you know he's going to sleep his test levels are up yep. he gives off a completely different vibe yes. right? and that kind of gets into the energetic side of things as well energetic but and the chemical like i'm literally telling you there are chemicals that are sent like subconsciously sensed like the pheromones, which is like just aromatic compounds that other mammals can smell that makes you like, so yes, it's like, it's a vibe, it's chemical, but whole point is like a vital man that's on his routines and doing these things gives off all sorts of signals that says to potential mates and to other guys that this guy is safe, strong, secure, dedicated on his shit. So other guys respect it too. Cause it's like, this is a guy I can trust. Like he's obviously in integrity yeah, doing his so, thing, yeah. right? And so like, those are the people we want to be around. And the other thing that you mentioned, they're kind of like off the cuff, but I think is, is interesting because I mean, I think porn addiction is another thing that we're not talking about enough for young dudes, for men, P community, everybody just in general for, well, even guys and girls now, but you mentioned neurochemistry. How does that affect the neurochemistry or, or how it all works internally? For sure. So like our brain, the deeper layers of our brain, like the, the, with, people call it like the reptilian layers that we share with some, like some like lower creatures are, are driven by a lot of dopamine. So dopamine is a main neurotransmitter that a lot of people are talking about. Dopamine gives us the sense like, okay, so let's say you're, you, you have that desire to get to ejaculation. It's like that, that craving that drives yeah. you forward, like oh, almost there, or like the drive that gets you to do a fitness competition is driven by dopamine or to complete a big project or to go after a woman or something like this. These are dopamine driven things. Like basically when we continuously dump dopamine through a very high stimulus for the male body, it's, it's ejaculation and sex is as primal as it kinds of mm -hmm. gets your brain gets flooded with dopamine so often that the dopamine receptors in these key areas of the brain, they get so oversaturated, they go underneath the surface of the cells. So your body becomes like dopamine deficient and doesn't have proper dopamine signaling. So you get addicted. You feel like you need to constantly create more just to level yourself out. 
So you're basically constantly depleting your body from dopamine. You're always in this like slightly wired, never quite right, like state where, you know, you have a thought come in and you're feeling like erratic and you're not feeling like grounded and you may even struggle with motivation and depression. You're always on the high and then into the low. A lot of this is mirrored in our neurochemistry. So a, a couple ways to actually regulate the dopamine is certainly to, to get control over porn, masturbation, key two strength training, three sleep. And then other things like cold showers, cold plunges, semen retention, like all this stuff is helping regulate our dopamine levels better, which means we're going to be more motivated to actually go after and create the stuff we want to do. Start the podcast, do the business, (laughs) get after our work, crush it in school. And like, that's the stuff that really moves the needle. And I'll tell you that when, if you work really hard, and you stay on your stuff in your 20s and your 30s, and even into your 40s, like your 50s, 60s, 70s are just so much easier. It's like you're going to pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later, and having the proper neurochemistry can keep you on track. Yeah. I mean, that was beautifully said. That's definitely going to be one of the podcast clips. (laughs) Thanks, man. And the other thing is like too many pre-workout too. Like, look, I'm like, I, I had a coffee this morning. And I go in burst, but I'll tell you when I was bodybuilding, man, I used to just crush pre-workout a couple yeah. scoops of this before everything like <laughs> that stuff messes with your neurotransmitters long-term like stimulants can be a part of your life. But if you feel like they're ruling you right now and you can't get mm-hmm. going without them, it's a good idea to bite the bowl and take a little bit of a stimulant sensitization break and just like get off them or really wean down for a period of time. And if yeah. you feel like you're over too reliant, cause what are you doing? You're artificially jacking up your nervous system. And over time, it's not just trying to get to the high you were at start to feel normal just to hit the yeah. baseline level. And that's your nervous system telling you I am out of balance. I'm not regulated, bro. And I mean, I am a stim junkie. Like I know exactly what my crutches are. And like, I love pre-workout. Like I could, yeah. oh man, like even to this day, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, that that is still like the last thing that I got to work on. Yeah. And even for myself, it's kind of like I limited myself. I'm like, yo man, last year, six months, that's that's all the pre-workouts I'm going to take, right? Yeah. And um, for the competition, obviously, you know, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm yeah. feeling really low and I did have that play in as a factor. For sure. But dude, I mean, I can totally attest to the fact that it's like, when you get used to that crutch, it becomes almost like, I viewed it, it almost became more of a ritual than yep. it was like I even enjoyed it or I even needed it anymore. It's kind of like I was like a fiend for it, you know. Or yeah, and it, like- ta- it tastes good. The stims are nice at times, but like, hey, if you're on the pre workouts right now, like, okay, so maybe it's beneficial to have some caffeine plus the pre workout things before like a heavy deadlift day or a heavy squat yeah. day. But like, do you really need to get jacked up on 300 milligrams of caffeine to like do arms and shoulders? Like, probably not. It feels nah. good. Yeah. But like, get a stimulant free pre-workout that you use some of the time. Cause it's still good to have the creatine beta alanine, maybe some aminos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like all that stuff's good. Um, and then just use the pre-workout occasionally. Uh, and you know, I, I just think it's, it's another area. And I think as guys, we're talking about the process of self-mastery, what I always like to look at. And I'm like, look, I'm not beyond this. Like I'm on the journey too. is what are the things that actually legitimately control me right now? Like, yeah. what are the things that I'm a little bit of a slave to? Is it the stimulants? Is it the porn? Is it thinking of what other people think of me? Whatever that area is for you individually right now, if you go into that, start to recognize the underlying patterns and over time to gain freedom from that, man, you are on the growth path as a man. Because we know like the idea of like a a weak representation of a man is a man who is enslaved Mm -hmm. to all these base desires, who doesn't have the autonomy and the freedom of the strength to go out there and like penetrate the world and create. He's at an effect of all this stuff. He's trapped. He's muddled. He's not clear. He doesn't have power. 
So one way to create the power, and this is kind of like a psycho spiritual aspect of it is to like, look at the things that control you. And then what can you do to like add some toughness or gain some control back? And I think the PE stuff is fascinating, right? Cause this is like the razor's edge of something <laughs> that's like, it's like a goal. It's very primal and sexual to work on like adding energy to, to our sacred male center. But at the same time, that could so easily dip over oh, into yeah. something that controls you, something that's steeped in not feeling good enough. And then something that goes into porn and dopamine de de depletion. So it's like you're playing on a razor's edge. But again, a lot of the, the greatest men and women of all time know how to play on that razor's edge. And if you can, I think you're very powerful. Yeah. And I mean, to your point in regards to that, I remember when I first started, like, and there's a technique called edging, right? Where you're basically, yeah. you know, basically just masturbating, but controlling the orgasm, the yes. ejaculation. But when I started, it was just an excuse to like, okay, how much porn can I watch for like the next hour? And for not sure. come? <laughs> you know, yep. and, and it was a hundred percent like, was it beneficial? Sure. Because I did learn how to control mm -hmm. like the, you know, the sense, uh, the urge to ejaculate and all that. But at the same time, you know, it was just an excuse for me to feed my addiction. Yes. Right. Versus think, what it is yeah. now. You know, it, it's something that you're right. You do have to master that urge and that reptilian brain. Cause you're just like, okay, I just, I want to, I can't ejaculate, but I'm going to get this and I'm going to feed into that. And then eventually I'm just going to ejaculate later on throughout the night. Cause I'm just, <laughs> I'm not yes. in control here. Exactly. And I'll say this too, if you can, if someone is using like in, in like the edging practice of like one, you are constantly dumping dopamine as you're getting closer and it is going to have a neurotransmitter effect, but two, it is like there, there are in some cultures, they see some positives to it. Like, so the, the Chinese spiritual Taoists, they would like do edging. And then on the process of like, yeah. right about to ejaculate, bring some of that energy up the spine through breathing. And like, they believed it helped their psycho spiritual development. So like, there's there's deep stuff to that and i suppose it could be used but i'm saying mm -hmm. like could you try to do that without the porn i think that'd be a lot more interesting yes. to not necessarily have to rely on like a external visual stimulus stimulation like that and you could just be like more internal into feeling your energies feeling the blood flow into the pelvis stimulating but then it's in a more controlled way than allowing it to get out of control 100 percent. and the thing is when i would do edging without it it's almost like you are basically going within almost like the yes. same way that you do like via meditation. Right. Yes. And that's what I found so strange, you know, and this was like, you know, five years after, you know, I started off using the crutch, which was the porn for the longest mm -hmm. time. And then I started doing it that way. And it's just like, okay, these sensations are coming up. Yes. Okay. This is where the breath work comes in. So I can yes. control it and then I can build my stamina. And that's where yeah. you really start to master self. And yes. that's kind of where I'm like, okay, this is where I got to get rid of all these external factors and just yes. go within and it becomes fully intrinsic. And that's where I'm like, okay, you know, this ties into the meditation that I, it oh, does. the breath work, all that yes. stuff. And then all of a sudden, next time you're having sex with your wife, it's like, bro, I got this, you know, yes. you can really settle down and just relax into it and enjoy the moment more because you actually know what you're feeling now. And it totally changed the game for me. Yeah. Now that was beautifully said. I totally agree. And for people who like, have ever had the thought like, man, I, I, I think I should meditate or I wish I could meditate. Like what you just described in the context of, of this conscious PE that's tied into the breathing and the inward turning of your awareness is absolutely a form of physical meditation. And then maybe it leads you to a practice of just sitting with a straight spine and like yeah. working on your, your own, uh, your own mental observing your mental patterns. And that's, this is a deep aspect of, of male self-mastery. I think the underlying thing that I completely agree with you on is there's a turning inward and not mm -hmm. like this world right now is very distracting. 
The phones are distracting. Everything's looking to take, take, take your attention. And just like we casually release semen when we masturbate, mm -hmm. we're casually releasing our attention when we're just looking at all of these things. Whereas I think the powerful man knows how to bring the energy inward and then very consciously like release it in terms of a creation or sex with wife or sex with, you know, whatever. It's just like, it's, it's a more intentional. It's not just a constant power leak. It's like a choice to explode yeah. that energy that you've stored up. And that's a completely different game. Yeah, man. And, and that's, I, I think it's one of the things that you're hundred percent, right. We are just distracted from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't really start getting into meditation probably until like, honestly, 2009 or 2020 around the time of COVID, <laughs> where I really started taking it serious. Nice. Right. <laughs> and it's one of those things that when you slowly start to go inside of yourself, you know, that's where that, you know, I got more into like, you know, healing, yeah. you know, um, the inner child, you know, breath work, yes. breaking generational curses and all that kind of stuff, which yes. I always kind of view it as like, ah, that's that woo woo stuff. But yeah. now, you know, as of late, you know, the more I go down to like the spiritual side of things, I started to realize that, Hey, you know what? I am not just a physical being. There's a lot yes. more to us. Right. And that's uh -huh. kind of the soul aspect that plays into us and really mastering that masculine energy. Because yes. if not, I feel that we would just be slaves to what we feel in the moment and then you go off, right? For so sure. it's kind of like, I think all of these things tie into us really, you know, mastering self and mastering, you know, the masculine mind and the masculine aspect of ourselves. Yes. And I, we're getting deep right here. And I think like mastering the physical body through training, mastering the the subconscious mind, I guess you could say through the introspection of like seeing where some of your patterns have come from, recognizing that there was stuff that happened in your childhood that you responded to and shaped a perception of that's become your unconscious habits and you identify as that. And if you begin to meditate, at least for me, you know, I've been serious about it for a number of years now, I ended up reconnecting with God. Like, and yeah. even in, in like back into like, like Christian roots that I had before through a process of like actually sitting still getting to know myself on a deeper level and then yeah. finding my connection to all of this. And so it can go in deep places. And I, I highly, highly recommend that. And, uh, what a beautiful journey to share with you in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool that you you're walking that as well. Well, I think the more I think about it and I talk to my wife about this all the time, it's like, I really feel that we are here to learn. And I, I do feel that, you know, every single day for the rest of our lives, you are supposed to learn something and take something away. But without reflection, you can never really go deep into like, what concept did I just kind of come across today that, yeah. you know, I could probably take something away from and apply to myself yes. for the rest of my life. And I think it's a combination of the meditation, the breath work, all these different things of like, okay, let's replay what happened in the day before I go to sleep and where yes. can I be better and start to evaluate these things that you really start to learn. And I, I feel that that deep work and that growth that needs to happen for us as men and just, well, everybody in general, you know, it, it starts with us. Like I can't change the world. Yes. So without the intrinsic work being done, you know, I can't really influence or make somebody else's life better, you know, mainly my kids and my wife. <laughs> well said. Uh, completely said. And, and like, let's look at what happens if we're not intentional with our daily routine and kind of bring it back to like why the day ultimately matters is we've talked about a lot of lofty, you know, high philosophical spiritual concepts, but ultimately it all kind of boils down to how you approach and live every day. Cause our life yeah. is a series of these days and it gets busy in the middle of the day with, especially when you have a family, kids, job, school, work, whatever, all these things like having a little bit of that sacred time in the morning, in the evening, 
just even if it's five, 10 minutes to yourself to have a little reflection, sit for a little bit of meditation, get your water in the morning, connect with the sun. Like these little micro moments are so important and because the rest of the day can be caught up in the business. But if you get into a routine of doing these things at the bookends of your day, now yeah. you have a much more conscious and processed life. And you're not just driven by all these unconscious habits or insecurities that you've begun to believe are yourself, but they're just like habits and patterns that we've all picked up. Well, what's interesting too, that you mentioned, and I think for a lot of men to change their lives, it's almost like how you start your day, how you end your day. It's yes. a continuation of your life, right? It's kind of like yep. every day, just like a building, but you're going in the right direction. Yes. And I'll say one more final thing. And this is, um, I think it's important for guys to start telling the truth more. And if not like all the time, and what I mean by this is like, I got into the process of like realizing I started to tell white lies or just say things that weren't exactly true. And what that does is even though you feel like it may make your life easier in the short term by doing that, it actually weakens your own word and it weakens your own connection to your word and the power behind that, which actually weakens your ability to like trust yourself and your intuition. So you talked about the idea of reflecting and like, and being able to like, look at what happened with good, with good clarity, like your ability to do that really well, kind of hinges upon the power of your, your truthfulness, how truthful you are with what you say and what you speak and how you talk and communicate with yourself. So we all feel like sometimes we've deceived ourselves or we say, we're not going to do something. And then we find that we do it and we feel guilty. Like that's the opposite. That's a disconnection from our sense of integrity. When you can reestablish your own sense of integrity and wholeness, and it comes down to actually your words and like making sure that what you're feeling is mirroring what you're saying, then you have a, a deeper connection to your own intuition. And I would say to God guiding you in your life. And then you can relax a little bit because then you can kind of go with the flow and you have a yeah. sense of where you're going and you don't have to be so stressed out about trying to create it all from your ego. Cause your ego is like, like, <laughs> you know, has all these desires and it can be stressful and you're not there yet, or you want to do this, but you haven't done this versus the person who's a little more spiritually centered can relax, trust the flow. They know that they're speaking the truth and like representing stuff that's integral and like for them. And then life gets a lot easier. And like, I think that's what we're meant to learn, especially as we go from young men and we get into families. And then when you have people to start to rely on you and you have kids or a yeah. spouse, and then your word ultimately becomes bigger than just you. It is, it is your ability to co-create, to protect, to provide. Like mm -hmm. that's why this is all so essential. So it all ties in, right? I mean, it all ties in. I think ways to strengthen your word are saying you're going to work out and going to work out. Ways to strengthen your word or saying you're going to do PE exercises and actually doing it, having a morning and evening routine, as simple as the things like the water we talked about earlier. All these are like these micro actions that create more integrity and wholeness, which opens up, I think, this deeper spiritual dimension of our being as men. Um, and the idea of rituals too. And we have these little rituals, whether it's a morning ritual, an evening ritual, the water, the workout can be a ritual. Those sacred spaces and times help strengthen our integrity and our word. Man, I don't know how to end it better than that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, but that's honestly, it was a fascinating talk. And and I would love to have you on again, because I feel like, hey, man, there's so much more that we can talk about. For sure. But I, do, I love this. You're, you're yeah. a super deep and cool guy. And I really enjoyed the time. And I appreciate everyone who's still listening to this conversation at this point. Clearly, something is like resonated inside of you. And like the truth that's been shared, I believe, is not just a CJ truth or an Anthony truth. It's a shared truth about men. And how yeah. cool is it with all the distraction that we do have in today's day and age that we can still come together through the internet 
and like share something that I believe is like truly profound. And I'll just speak to you directly, CJ, and obviously to listeners like, dude, this is like sacred, beautiful stuff to be able to like connect with you in deep ways in this conversation. And like, know that although we've had different families, different lives, different locations, we're walking like very similar paths. I think this is the path of like the sacred evolving man that we're all mm -hmm. kind of like on together and like, damn, it's cool that we're here together doing this. It's like, it's a, it's so, so amazing. Hey man, had an absolute blast. And I definitely will talk to you again in the near future. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, everybody listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you in the next one.